Ecclesiastes chapter number 11 is where we are. Let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse number 9, okay? Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9 says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Chapter 12, verse 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Let's pray. Lord, help us as we look this final time into your word. I pray that you would keep us safe as uh, drives are going to be made here in just a little while. I pray that you would, um, I pray that you would, Speak to hearts one last time. Let us be willing to change again everything that you show us that needs to change. And Lord, uh, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You know, young people, uh, as much as we try to plan for the future, we really don't know all of what is going to be in our future. I, and by the way, I think it's a very wise idea for you to try to make plans. You know, it's not a good idea. Like what Brother Beal was saying, it's not a good idea to live your life saying, well, what's coming next to your life? Whoa, whoa. Okay, that's really not going to help you in the long run. It might sound funny for now, um, but eventually you've got to, you know, you've got to make plans for what's in the future. But you know, honestly, as much as we make plans, we don't know what all is going to be in our future. Maybe in your future, maybe, um, maybe you don't realize it, but maybe in your future there's going to be, you know, maybe you come from just a normal average family. Maybe you will come into wealth. Maybe you'll come into fame. Hey, if you get famous, just remember Mr. Matt, okay? Come and, you know, give me a signature or something like that, okay? Um, maybe you'll come into wealth or you come into fame. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's something like big like that. Maybe it'll be something that's a lot sadder. Maybe there'll be a death. That comes. Maybe it'll be your own. Listen, I'm not trying to be weird, but I remember when I was um, uh, when I was in college, there was a, there was a, an academy, a high school academy attached to it. I remember we had a kid in our in the high school academy that got cancer, never made it out of high school. You know, maybe you'll um, uh, maybe you'll uh, maybe your parents will go through a divorce. You know, who knows what is going to be in our future? We don't know all of what is in the future. So can I say this? Since you don't know what's going to be in your future, can I urge you to something? Make your life count now. People get this. Sometimes adults get this bizarre idea that, well, you're a teenager, so you're just kind of just sit right there. We're going to pat you on the head. And, and then these adults, they wonder why all of a sudden when you finally are an adult, why you don't really care. Teenagers don't care about the Lord because what we did was we shoved them in the corner and said, just sit over there and don't do anything wrong. And then all of a sudden at 18, they're supposed to be, oh, just a servant of the Lord when we didn't invest in them. Young people, listen, don't let anyone tell you that you can't serve God right now because we don't know what's in the future. We've got to serve God now because love Life is about to move fast. How many of you feel like your life is moving really slowly? Anyone life's moving really slowly? Yeah, some of you. Yeah. How many of you feel like your life's moving fast? Anyone like that? Oh, it's pretty good. You know, when I was when I was a, a teenager, there were some things I was so looking forward to. You know, you look forward to uh, maybe when you get your first car. Maybe you're looking forward to getting just your driver's license. Maybe you're looking forward to graduation. Maybe you're looking forward to college. Maybe you're looking forward to you know uh, your first job, something like that. We're constantly looking forward. When we look forward as young people, it can make time seem to slow down so much. I'm going to tell you something, young people. If you think your life is moving slowly, or even if you think your life is moving fast, can I just say something? Buckle up, buttercup, because it's about to kick into high gear. Once you become an adult, um, you're, I mean, it takes a lot longer to turn around, and when you do, everything just went past you, okay? So it is, um, I mean, life is about to move 
fast. You know, this book of Ecclesiastes, maybe you can't even pronounce the name of that, okay? This book of Ecclesiastes was written by an old man, an old man by the name of Solomon. You ever heard of David, like David and Goliath? So David's son, who was king after him, was King Solomon. Solomon was described as the wisest man in the world because of the wisdom that God gave him. But Solomon also, in spite of all of his wisdom, made some horrible choices. And when Solomon came to the end of his life, he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And, uh, and so really what he does is a lot of times in this book, he is writing it specifically to young people. Now, I know if you're like me, sometimes, you know, you're just, uh, you're trying to just do your, your teenager stuff. And, you know, there comes this old, you know, like an old guy comes up to you. And he's like, hey, hang on. Hey, I just want to tell you something that's really important. And I just want to tell you about these things. And, you know, all you can, he's trying to tell you this serious story. And, you know, all you can think of is like, you know, can you back up? Your breath smells like something died in there, you know? And uh, that's all you can think about. And so, you know, when old people come up to us and they're just like, oh, I want to tell you my story. You know, sometimes we take them seriously and sometimes we just don't. Young people, can I urge you to something? Can we take this old man, Wrote the book, the book, who wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Can we take him seriously for a minute? Because he says, listen, I got to the end of my life, and I like how he says, because sometimes, sometimes when old people, they tell you stuff, they, they, they're telling you all this stuff that mean, makes no sense to you. They're talking about people who you have no idea who they are. You know, one of the things I appreciate about Solomon is that one of the things he says is that when he came to become an old man, he said, I had regrets from what I did when I was young. So let's learn a lesson or two from King Solomon, an old man now who says, I have regrets as an old man because of some choices I made when I was young. Let's look at it in here in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. First of all, in verse number nine, Solomon's three lessons are these. One, he says, rejoice in life. Uh, verse number nine says, rejoice, O young man. There it is. So he's talking to youth, to young people. He says, rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Literally what that phrase means is Solomon is saying, hey, listen, young people, enjoy life while you're young. I'll tell you what, that is pretty practical. That is not very deep. It is as simple as this. God is not against you enjoying yourself. God is opposed to sin. He is not opposed to you enjoying yourself. If you were to go through the book of Ecclesiastes, you will find that that good pleasure, that godly pleasure, and just enjoying yourself, that those things too are from the good hand of God. Aren't there some just, sometimes it isn't even the big things. Sometimes it's just the littlest things that just help us to enjoy life, Right? Like that first sip of coffee in the morning, right? It's like a human, it's like, it's co- it's like coffee can, has the ability to become a human, reaches out of the cup and wraps its arms around you and just says, you'll be all right today, you know? How many of you, how many of you girls, if coffee could become a man, you would date him? Anyone do that? Okay, yeah, okay, good, good, good. Yeah, some of you would do that, okay. So yeah, sometimes it's that first sip of coffee in the morning. How about this? You ever done this? Doesn't this just help you love your life? When you put on, especially as we're getting towards uh, closer towards winter and the end of fall and coming towards winter, when you put on your coat and inside it you find money that you left in there before. Doesn't that just, I remember reaching inside, just recently reached inside $5 inside of my coat. Like, what? How cool is this? You know, sometimes it's the little things that just help you enjoy life. How about this? When you actually get the parking spot that you want. 
Because those people at Walmart, I'm going to tell you, they hog all the good spots. What about, um, what about this? Okay, you want to know something that helps me love my life and something that helps me enjoy life is, you know, you go to McDonald's. And you go, now some of that might turn you off already, but you know, you go to McDonald's and you get your, you know, you get your sandwich, your fries, your drink and all that. And, uh, and so you eat, you're eating your food and you get done with your food and you're all done. And because you're an American, you got a brain, you reach inside and pull the rest of the napkins out because you're going to save those for later. And when you pull out the napkins, you realize that there's still some French fries at the bottom of the bag. Does that not make your week? I mean... It's, isn't it weird how sometimes it's the littlest things that just kind of um, help us enjoy life? Maybe you're, um, maybe you're one of those people that you just love watching the sunrise. How many of you ever done that before? You just watch the sunrise? How many of you are good Christians and you're in bed during the sunrise, so you like to watch the sunset, you know, you like to watch the sunset? Uh, unless you're like the really good Christians and you normally don't like getting up early, but uh, you're in a deer stand and so hopefully something's gonna die that day. Yeah, and so you watch the sunrise. Yeah, Though, you know, sometimes it's just, uh, just the simple things that help us love life. Again, it's about to get, cool, it's about to get colder. You ever, um, you, ever uh, you know, uh, heard the, the dryer ding? You went in there and grabbed like a hoodie or something and put it on right out of the dryer. <laughs> oh my goodness. Little things help us love life. How about this? When some of you, when you actually have a good hair day, isn't that nice? When you actually have a good hair day. Yeah, yeah. Or how about this? How many of y'all have a dog? Any of y'all have a dog? You got a dog? Yeah, me too. We've got a German Shepherd. Best kind of dog. Best kind of dog. You people with the dogs that fit in the shoebox, you know, Good for you, okay? Uh, I've got, uh, we've got I, I, what I would call a real dog. I know I just insulted some of you. I'm thinking of some of you right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, I see you back there, yeah. And, um, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I lo- you ever notice, isn't it cool when you come back maybe from school or something and your dog comes up to you? Now, you dog owners, you know this. When your dog comes up to you and it's like he smiles as he walks up to you, you know what I'm talking about? Doesn't that just help your day just be a little bit better after all these jerks at school have been like breathing air, you finally get to come and you meet someone who's actually nice? So, you know, it's, it's these things that help us love life. Popping bubble wrap, does that not just like, like make your day help it be okay? Or, or like this, I don't know if this happened today, but isn't it great like at a coffee shop where you pay for a small, they accidentally give you a large? Oh, oh yes, yes, it's a beautiful thing. You know, isn't it amazing, as just as we're talking here, how easy it is for just the simple things to help us enjoy life? Do you know what God says? He says, it is okay, young people, to enjoy your life. You know, if people want you to just say, uh, no, it's all, you know, it's all serious stuff. Listen, it is okay as a young person to enjoy your life. In fact, in verse number nine, he says, rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. He says, oh my goodness, let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. I'm going to tell you what, first glance, to me, it looks like God's saying, y'all do whatever you want. But hold on, hold on, hold on. Look what verse nine then says. He says, but know thou, he says, know this, that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. So what he's saying is this. Yes, enjoy your life, but he says, know this, you will one day stand before God, Christian. You'll stand at the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for what was done in your life. So he says, yes, enjoy your life, but don't waste your life. Some of you are enjoying your life so much, you're wasting it. I mean, for some of you, you know, it's sad that during the summer 
or maybe during the weekend. Now, it's not happening today because you're here, but oftentimes on, Saturday, on Friday nights, you'll game till 4 o'clock in the morning, and you don't care. You sleep until 2, skipped church visitation because you're too tired to get up, just kind of did what you wanted, and game Saturday night all the way till, you know, 4 or 5 in the morning again Sunday morning, skipped Sunday school, maybe went to church, then you do that during the, but then during the summer, you do that every day. You know what you're doing? You're wasting your life. You don't spend any time interacting with your family. Listen, God's not opposed to you. Ha- I don't think God's opposed to you having a video game system. You know what God's opposed to? You wasting your life. And some of you are doing it. You're wasting your life over and over and over by the way you spend time. Maybe for some of you, Maybe for some of you, it's in the realm of especially, maybe some of you have, you know, you have chats, you have some, uh, some snaps, uh, snaps and streaks that you're like, oh, I just can't lose my streak. I remember when we went, uh, we went somewhere and our teenagers in our, oh, uh, was to camp and they couldn't, uh, they were so, they, they had other, they gave their passwords to other people so they keep their, um, their snap streaks going. And they were like, yeah, we got to keep those going. And it's like, some of you are so nervous, like you're so scared that yeah, you don't want to be the last person on a messaging chat. You don't want to be the last person to get off. You want to stay there until the very end because you don't want to miss anything. You have the fear of missing out. You've got FOMO, fear of missing out. And, 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 you're, and so you text until late hours of the night because you're so scared you want to be involved in everything. Hey, young person, you get up, you're up so late and then the next day you're worthless, you're trash, you feel awful. So then you're cranky and you don't like being around your family and, and you don't want to go do anything. You know what you're doing? You're wasting your life. That's wasting your life. Maybe you've got a job. Maybe you got a job, and, and when you earn money, it, man, your bank account starts to build up. The only reason you're letting your bank account build up is because you love to go to the mall, and you blow your money on fashions that you want everything. Everything's got to be name brand. For some of you, that's all you'll do. And it's not because, it's not because well, that's all that was available to me, but you are so scared of what other people are going to think. All you do with all your money is you buy name brands, specific brands, what's popular amongst everyone else. You've got the same brand going from head to toe, and you, spend, and you end up spending hundreds of dollars. You don't put a, and some of you don't put a dollar in your church offering. You know what you're doing? Wasting your life. Some of you, your parents gave you some kind of iPhone, like an iPhone 12, 13, but because the iPhone 15 Pro was coming out, it's titanium. You've got to earn, you know what you, where you have to spend your next $1,000? On the iPhone 15 Pro. Even though your 12 is doing just fine. You know what you're really doing? When you had, you had a perfectly good phone, but you just, I, I just got to keep up with everybody else. I got to have my next iPhone. You know what you're doing really is you're wasting your life. When that's where all that you will spend, uh, where your money goes. Some of you, my goodness, the time and the emotions that you spend on a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you spend all this time and money and emotions on a boyfriend or girlfriend that doesn't even have the spiritual aptitude to get their rear in church on Sunday, you know what you're doing with that person? You're wasting your life. You're wasting your life. I mean, it's sad where we pour things out. So you know what God says? Enjoy your life, but don't waste it. So he says rejoice in life, but number two, Solomon says this, he says, don't not only rejoice in life, but then he says, remove evil. Verse number 10 says, therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh for childhood and youth are vanity. So he says, then you need to remove sorrow and put away evil. It's the idea 
those phrases there had the idea of if something was to cause, um, was, if something was to bring guilt to your mind and damage to your body, he says, these are the things you need to keep from your life. Solomon, my goodness, Solomon gave himself to you read in Ecclesiastes chapter one and two. Solomon gave himself to partying. He gave himself to alcohol. He gave himself to women. He gave himself to accumulating money. He gave himself to constructing beautiful, gorgeous uh, you know, buildings and such. And he gave himself to these things and none of those things satisfied him. But he indulged in so many sinful things. And you know what he found out? He, would, he should have removed sinful things that would have brought guilt to his mind and guilt to, and, and, and damage to his body. Because what he was saying was this. He said, I found out that it is, there's more joy in doing right than in doing wrong. That's part of the deception that sin does that we talked about in the last session. Sin deceives you into thinking that sin will be more fun than doing right. Young people, can I tell you something? There will be more joy in being pure than in indulging in pornography. There will be more joy in you actually submitting to authority than always rebellion. Believe it or not, you will actually be happier if you actually would learn to submit to authority. Some of you are miserable and you, you buck against any kind of authority and you wonder, why am I so not happy? But you won't listen to anyone give you advice because you know, you know what's going on. Must, it must stink to be you. I'm gonna tell you what, there's more joy in submitting to the authorities that God's put in your life than over always rebelling. Hey, there'll be more joy in worshiping God in church than in neglecting the house of God. There will be more joy in getting along with your family than in always trying to fight with them. There will be more joy in telling the truth than in lying. There will be more joy in making right friends than in running with the wrong crowd. So he says, remove the sinfulness that's evil from thy flesh. The end of verse 10 says, for childhood and youth are vanity. In other words, what he's saying is, he's saying your, your youth is gonna go by so stinking fast. It's gonna go fast. So he says, don't, Fill it, like Solomon says, like I did. Don't fill it with things that you're going to regret. Because some of you, my goodness, even though you're, you may only be 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, you're filling it with sinful things that are going to bring shame, embarrassment, and regrets in life. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's immorality with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's you're harboring resentment against someone. Listen, Solomon says, you know what I wish I had done? I wish I had removed evil from my life when I was your age. So listen to an old man when he says, here I am at the end of my life. By the way, it's fascinating to see in, in Ecclesiastes chapter two, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter two, he said, therefore I hated life. Solomon despised his life, and actually in some places he looks a little bit suicidal as an old man. You know why? Because of the choices he made when he was more like your age. So, re yes, rejoice in life, enjoy your life, but don't waste it. Then he says, remove evil from your life. Final command he gives is remember your creator. Chapter 12, verse 1, he says, remember now thy creator 
in the days of thy youth. Now this word remember, this is kind of fascinating. The word remember, it means to recall something. It means to bring something up in your mind and to consider something and to concentrate and focus on something. So he says that if you want to have a life that is not wasted, if you want to not waste your life, obviously rejoice in life, remove evil from your life, but he says you've got to take purposeful, specific time to remember and focus on and concentrate on what? On God. That you're supposed to take purposeful time to do this. And he says, you've got to do it while you're young. He says, remember now thy creator, what? In the days of thy youth. Because if, listen, young people, if you don't learn to make God your everything now, he won't be your everything when you become an adult. I'm just telling you, young people, something weird happens when you become an adult. If the whole thing you heard people say, oh, he's just stuck in his ways. Yeah, that happens. As adults, we often get stubborn. We get set in our ways. You know it'd be really good if the set in our ways was, I'm gonna serve God no matter what anyone else does. You wanna know how you get to that point? It's gotta start when you're a youth. You're making decisions. You're trying to understand who you are. You're trying to, to settle what your, what your role is in this life. You're trying to understand what God's will is for your life. And he says in the midst of it, he says you've got to take time to remember to focus on, concentrate on nothing but God. You ever had times like that where you do nothing but think about, focus on, and concentrate on nothing but God? You say, man, that sounds awfully hard. Why is that so hard for us? Because we're so enamored with everything else, with stuff, things that often are not even sinful, but, but really, guys, our minds and our bodies will end up in the gutter if we don't program our minds to remember God. Young people, if we don't program our minds to remember and to think on Jesus, the world will program it to think on something else. Some of you, you spend so much time with music, with movies, with TV shows, um, with, with, uh, with these miniseries. You spend so much time on them that that is what fills your mind. You spend so much focused time on these things that that is what just fills your mind and is programming the way that you think. Listen, like I said, no one's opposed to you watching TV. I'm not saying I'm opposed to you having a game system, but some of you, you ingest so much secular that they're starting to program your mind as to how you ought to think and the way God wants you to think kind of gets pushed out to the side. You say, well, how can I make that change? How can I make that different? It's that you've got to spend specific, purposeful time focusing and concentrating on God. You say, well, What's that going to look like? How can I remember my creator? How can I focus and concentrate on him? Let me tell you a couple things you could do. One, you want to make this happen? One, start with this. Mute everything that is not God. You want to have a focused time on the Lord? Mute everything that is not God. That means this. Pull the earbuds out. That means this. Phone on airplane mode flipped upside down. That means, that means, um, you know, kick your younger brother and sister out the door, okay? You know, sometimes that's the biggest noise that's in your house. So find a spot where they don't know where you are and shut the door where it's quiet. You say, boy, that seems, that seems like a lot of kind of radical stuff. You want to focus on God or no? And so when you get in there, then if I can put it this way, mute everything that is not God, 
and then stimulate your mind with the things of God. Well, what would that look like? That's not like weird stuff like, oh, I need God. God, stimulate me, stimulate me. That's not what I'm saying. How do we stimulate our mind to think on God? It's simple. Bible reading. Do y'all read your Bibles? Some of you don't. And then you go, why does my youth pastor think he knows everything about what's right and wrong in the Bible? You know why? Because he probably just reads his Bible and you like never do it. And you wonder, why don't I know God very well? Why does he think he knows God? Why don't I know God? Well, no, duh. You aren't even reading your Bibles. And he says, you want to stimulate your mind and understand, remember God, then, then take time for Bible reading. Take time for Bible memory, memorizing Bible verses. Young people, uh, I, I would urge you, you want to find some verses to memorize, memorize verses that speak to your needs and problems. I, I had a time, I memorized a lot of verses about my spiritual struggles, so, and, I, and they could be in different realms, especially as, as I was different ages. And so, and so I memorized verses that specifically were about uh, my specific struggles and my needs that I would have because I, I was like, well, you know, I, I want, you know, this is the kind of verses that I'd want to have in your mind. Do you spend time memorizing God's word? For the sake, now listen, some of you are like, oh, I'm in Bible quiz and I memorized the book of the Bible. You know, and that's what some of you have memorized. You've like memorized the whole Bible. Hey, how about if you memorized the specific verses that met your specific spiritual needs? Instead of just an academic, well, I just memorized the book of John. Cool. Why don't you now memorize verses that'll be there in your brain when you battle temptation? Why don't you do that? Just take time to memorize some Bible verses. To take time to pray. Do you pray? Some of y'all don't pray. Like, at all. And then you wonder why God seems so distant. You know something? My wife would seem distant, too, if I never talked to her. If I never talked to my wife, you know, uh, if you were to come up to me and I said, yeah, my wife and I were really distant. You say, really? Do you ever get to see her? Oh, she's around, but I never talked to her. She's really distant. Um, you'd probably say, um, so Matt, I'm going to go with that's probably your problem. <laughs> you know? Well, if I want to know my wife, what am I going to do? I'm going to talk to her. Guys, you can talk to God. What hurts in your life? Why don't you tell God about it? What are the fears you have in your life? Why don't you tell the Lord about it? What are the desires you have? What do you wish people would do in your life? Why don't you tell the Lord about it? Spend some time in prayer. Listen, the prayer list at your church may be really complicated for you. It might be containing all kinds of, you know, so-and-sos, sisters, brothers, aunts, mothers, fathers, dogs, you know, nephew that has a disease you can't pronounce. And you're like, oh, why don't you make, do what I did as a teenager. I made a prayer list of the specific things that were important to me. There were teenagers that would come, there was this one girl in our youth group, she was constantly bringing these unsaved friends of hers into our youth group. Every time she brought one, I didn't, this wasn't, I wasn't being weird, I would just, I'd, I'd say hi to them, I wouldn't spend a lot of time around them, I'd just get their first name, and I would go and put their name on my prayer list, and I'd pray that they'd get saved. Why don't you do that? Why not? You wanna know God? Why don't you talk to him? Why don't you pray to him? Because he's willing to talk with you. Uh, maybe even spend time listening to preaching. That would be one thing you could bring in a, an electronic in on is maybe just stimulate your mind with some extra Bible preaching. Go find, maybe there's a, a, a camp that you really love. Go on their website that you went to this summer. Go on their website, find all the preachers that were on, that, that were there that summer and Google all of them on, look up all of them on YouTube. Boy, that would be something that would really help you. 
That's something I did when I was a, when I was a young person. Uh, so have Bible reading, listen to uh, praying, listen to preaching, spend time worshiping and meditating. Because if you don't do these things on purpose, our secular world will program your mind. So he says, while you're a young person, that is when you need to program your mind with specific intentional times when you mute everything that's not God and spend some time thinking on, talking to, and reading about God. Why? Well, look at verse one. He says, do this. Remember now you created in the days of thy youth. Here it is. While the evil days come not. Can I tell you what Solomon's telling you? He's telling you this. Listen, guys. Hard times are going to come. And if you are not connected to Jesus now, while you're a teenager, when the hard times come, you're going to get the rug ripped out from underneath you. If you're not connected to Jesus now. Hard, you say, hard times are going to come? What's going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Hey, listen, listen. Girls, watch me real carefully. Watch this. Do you know that when, when I got married, and, you know, and of course my friends started getting married and we're seeing stuff on Facebook, the generation, my parents' generation before us, they were really quiet about this, about what I'm about to tell you about. They were very quiet. Nobody talked about it. But my generation, especially with Facebook, they talked about this all the time. And so I didn't realize, you know, I did not realize until I got married how common it is that a lady will have a miscarriage. Do you know the, what the stats are? 25, the thing I read a day ago, 25 to 30% of, married, of, um, of, of uh, pregnancies end in miscarriage. You know what that means? That can mean as simple as this. Out of the four of you down here, one of you, and I'm not being weird, one of you one day will hold a dead baby in your arms. Listen to me. I'm not being unfeeling. I actually, I actually watched, praise God, we have not had a miscarriage, but I watched my son come within an inch of dying when he was six days old. I mean, within an inch. I watched him stop breathing, and it was touch and go for a long time. And I'm not trying to be weird, but I'm just saying this. Gen guys, what if your wife is told your baby's gone? What are you going to do? I'm going to tell you what. If you're not connected with God, that kind of an experience can kick you down and leave you on the ground. You better learn to be connected to God while you're still young before the evil days come. Plenty of you in this room, some of you in this room, the way things go, we just don't know. Plenty of you in this room are probably going to face persecution. You're, some of you already do in your schools. Some of you, you can get bullied, shamed, hazed, and all that kind of stuff for just for toting your Bible or something like that. But it may get worse. You know, people, what are you going to do when it is said, when the government says it's illegal to own a Bible, it's illegal to preach, it's illegal to attend a church? What are you going to do when, the, when they say, all right, if, you know, if, you, if anyone knows a Christian that's doing one of these things, expose them, send them into the government, Call it in. What are you going to do? Some of you are going to go through that. Listen, if you aren't connected to God now while you're a youth, when those days come, you're just going to kind of peter away. 
It'll just be another statistic. Because some of you, you're here because it's popular. What if one day it's not? Listen, if you're not connected to God now, when the evil days come, it's not going to go good. What's going to happen one day when you lose your job? Right now, all you're thinking about is, well, I'm just going to try to get a job, earn a little money, work part-time. What's going to happen when you really lose a good job and all of a sudden you have to move, live in a different area, be in a different school, those kinds of things? What are you going to do when you lose a job? Hey, listen, in a room this big, watch me. According to a law firm in Washington State, he said 42% of marriages in the United States end in divorce. So that means this. Many of you in this room will experience a divorce. Some of you, it will be your fault. Some of you, it will be partially your fault. And some of you, it will not be your fault at all. What are you going to do when the evil days come? So you think life is just like, oh, I do whatever I want. I make my money, buy my new iPhone. I do whatever I want. I can live the way I want. Just uh, I can listen to the, the kind of music I want to. I'm rolling the crowd I want to. I want to try drugs. I want to try alcohol. I want to try, I want to try immorality with my boyfriend or girlfriend. I'll do whatever I want. Hey, Solomon said, you do that, man. When the evil days come, it's going to be bad for you. Because God will seem so far away. Because when those evil days come, you're going to look for help somewhere. And I'm going to tell you what, you're going to need to be close to God now so that when the evil days come, you're ready for it. Some of you are going to experience having no money. Some of you are going to experience church collapse where the church you're in, something awful is going to happen. Where there's going to be a, a moral failure on the part of your pastor or youth pastor. There's going to be Division and a church split. What are you going to do? I'll just quit church. That's what the people do who are not tightly enough connected to God. Those who are connected to God say, all right, this may have happened, but these people's decisions do not decide what I do. I'm going to do what God's word says. Whether it, means that, whether it means I'm here at this church or at another church, I'm going to do what's right. Now, yes, so-and-so failed, but he's a man. She's a woman. They're both sinners just like me. They have flesh just like me. Just because they failed doesn't mean I'm going to fail. I'm going to go forward with God. Amen. But listen, if you're not connected to God now, I'm going to tell you what. When the evil days come and you're going to question what? If you're not connected to Jesus Christ, you will question, you'll become discouraged. And he says, he says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, when the year, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. You know, it's always easy to say later. Later, I'll worry about serving God. Later, I'll worry about putting God first in my life. He says, no, 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 no. Do it while you're a youth, because if you don't do it while you're a teenager, you probably won't do it when you're an adult. So listen, hey, are you, um, you wasting your life? Some of you are. Some of you are just wasting it on things. Some of you are wasting on things that are sinful. Some of you are wasting it on things that are not sinful. Young people, can I urge you? Don't waste your life. Rejoice in your life. Enjoy it. But remembering you're gonna stand before God one day. Remove the evil. And remember your creator before the evil days come so that you don't waste your life.